What Saint Stephen did and what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. Who are the children of the Lord Jesus and who are the children of Saint Stephen? So if we are, you know, in the Gospel today, uh, in Vesper, the Lord told them, if you are the children of Abraham, do like Abraham. If we are the children of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we need to do as Jesus did. Did Jesus forgive those who crucified him? St. Stephen forgave those who killed him. We need to forgive. Forgiveness is unconditional. Forgiveness is unlimited. Forgiveness is to everybody. What gets me is, uh, or relates to it, is when we read the Psalm 9610, the Coptic translation. God has his reign on Gives the feeling that God did not reign until he was crucified and forgive the sins before that God didn't reign. Yes, that's true. Let me explain it to you. The, the Lord reigned on a wood. Since the, the time of the fall of Adam and Eve, we delivered ourselves to the kingdom of Satan. So every single person was born after the fall of Adam and Eve was in the kingdom of Satan. That's why all these people, all of them, Jeremiah, Daniel, Joseph, went to Hades because they were in the kingdom of Satan. Jesus came and died on the cross to establish the kingdom of God on earth. That's why in their preaching, John the Baptist and the Lord Jesus Christ, they used to say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So they established the kingdom of God. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will move from the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul said in Crucians chapter 1, he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son of his love. He is the king of kings. And where he started to reign over us. You know. So the word reign is over us or just reign is not in the absolute? No, absolutely he is a king of kings. Yeah, because it's said in the absolute. No, no, no. It related to our salvation. And until now, uh, when we baptize a children, a child, in the commandment at the end, we say to the parents, the day in which he was born, he was a slave. But today, he is free from the slavery because now he is a member in the kingdom of light. When we renounce Satan and we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are transferred from the kingdom of Satan 
into the kingdom of Christ. But in the absolute sense, God is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, from eternity to eternity. Yes. Okay. So back to forgiveness. And maybe you can help change my expectations. So in my own personal life and confession, I feel like I struggle with this term of forgiveness in a particular area of my life. And so what I feel like is it's always a scar that never heals, right? So it hurts to touch and it never heals. And so with my expectation is that when we when I practice forgiveness, it eventually is supposed to get easier. But then it doesn't. So then I always feel like when the scar is touched or reopened, I'm quickly triggered when that's not how it is in any other area of my life. Right? So is forgiveness ever going to get to a point where it's easier, where I truly am joyful, I can pray, I can, you know, I can bless them, I can pray for them? There are four elements in healing. Forgiveness is only one element of the four elements. The first element in healing, the person who hurt you cannot heal you. Only God can heal you. What do I mean by this? If somebody hit me with his car, and I'm wounded, I cannot ask him because you hurt me, you can heal me. I will go to the hospital asking healing there. So if somebody hurt me, if I'm expecting this person to heal me, I will be miserable the rest of my life. I should go to God asking healing from him. That's number one. Number two, as I said, forgiveness is a very important element in healing but we need to practice forgiveness in the right way, as I explained tonight, letting go of the dead completely. Number three, there are some spiritual diseases has to do with me that may postpone or delay my healing. For example, in medicine, if I am diabetic and there is a wound, the wound will take longer time to be healed and I need actually to uh, treat the diabetes first in order for the wound to heal uh, faster. In the same way, there are some spiritual diseases, for example, pride, for example, uh, oversensitive spirit, if I'm very over, overly sensitive, holding grudges, slandering and gossiping about the same issue over and over, the remembrance of evil entailing this. All these are spiritual diseases. These diseases must be treated first for the healing to, to happen. And the last point is to avoid victimization or the victim mentality. Some people, they feel they are victim. I am 100% victim. Even if I am 100% victim in the event itself, but I have the right to choose my reaction to what happened to me. But victimization paralyzes the person from choosing the right reaction. When I say I'm victim, I'm hopeless, there is nothing to do. But 
if I get rid of this mind of victimization and take responsibility of my reaction and I do what is right when I decide to react to this hurt, I do it in a godly way according to the teaching of the scripture, this also will accelerate my healing. So if I keep these four points that Jesus or God is my healer. Forgiveness is an important element in healing. I need to avoid the victim mentality and I need to see if there is any spiritual disease delaying my healing. Sometimes, as you said, there is a scar which means it's healed. But when I touch this scar, I'm, I'm, in reality, I'm not touching it. In reality, I'm bringing a knife and opening it again. So if I'm opening it again, it definitely it will uh, bleed. It will hurt me. So am I opening it again or am I touching it? That's why with forgiveness, another element is forgetting. Because if I don't forget, then I will have the tendency to go and look at this scar. Most of the time, we look at it with a, a scissor or a, with a knife. So we open it again, and we start to bleed again. But if you forget about, uh, for example, if, if you have a surgery, and every time you look at the wound and look at it, you know, it will hurt you. But if you forget about it, then you are healed and you will move on with your life. One goes back to what Sandra is saying, is that what if you're not the one who's reopening it? What if you are in a situation where it is continually being reopened by offenses and you're working to forgive but the offense comes again and you're working to forgive the offense and the offense comes again and then it still leads to reconciliation? You know, if anybody reopening my wounds, I need to keep healthy boundary with this person because he's not helping me, he's hurting me. So the first person hurt me once, but the people who are reopening my wounds, they are hurting me hundred times. I maybe misunderstood what you were saying, but I heard you say that anger is attached to unforgiveness. But isn't anger appropriate sometimes? Like, isn't, isn't it appropriate for us to be angry when something has been transgressed in us? Yeah, anger, that's why I said we will go in, the, in this cycle, we'll go with this wound and, and pain, etc. But I said when it comes to the point, it is unfair. I'm angry here, I'm saying it's unfair. Here is a point to interrupt this cycle. And once I forgive, this anger will, will disappear. That's why I said, it is a sign that I really forgive. Let, let me go if somebody took $1,000 from me. As long as I'm waiting him to pay me, I'm angry. Why, why he takes my money? I need my money back. But once I let go, I'm not expecting anything. I will not be angry anymore. Unless somebody comes to say, 
how you let him uh, not pay you back. You need to let him. That's the opening of the wound again. Uh, that's need a ceremony. <laughs> but reconciliation quickly is restoring the relationship as before or better than before. Jesus Christ on the cross, he forgave everybody, but he is not reconciled with everybody. Forgiveness is unconditional, but reconciliation is conditional. For example, if somebody is very, very abusive, now I will forgive him. And I will go to God to heal my, my, my wound. But to reconcile with him, you know, I'm going to expose myself again to this abuse. No, has to repent first. And um, as I said, should I lend this person who did not pay me the $1,000, should I lend him money again? No, I will not lend him money again. But the Lord in Matthew 18, he said, if somebody hurt you, go and talk to him between you and him alone. If he doesn't listen to you, take two or three. If he doesn't listen to them, go to the church. If he doesn't listen to the church, then let him be like a tax collector or heathen. Means keep boundary with him. You know, now I cannot, although I forgive him, but I cannot expose myself to the same hurt over and over and over. But if you repent, I will reconcile with you. So I am ready for the reconciliation, but it is conditional on your repentance. So my question really is, how do we get healing from these spiritual diseases? What are practical ways? It depends on the disease. If it is pride, I will defeat the pride with humbleness, and I will ac acquire the spirit of Christ, when he told us, you know, learn, learn from me from, I am meek and, and, and of humble heart. So it depends on which spiritual disease. It is, if it's oversensitivity, why? Most probably it has to do with my upbringing. So oversensitivity is like a person keeping his guards up all the time. Most probably in my childhood, somebody hurt me. So I used to keep my guards up in order to protect myself. So there is insecurity inside me. I need to go and see why I am insecure in order to relax and put my guards down and study. So it depends on which spiritual disease. And each one has the, its own treatment. Has a, there is no one treatment to all spiritual diseases. It depends on, on which spiritual it is. Some Paul said, anger and don't do sin. Yes. So what is this? Do I have to follow him? Do I have to be angry when I... Okay. There is holy anger. Like when the Lord Jesus Christ was angry. We call it in English indignation. Indignation. Holy anger. So when the Lord Jesus Christ, he saw the, the house, people don't respect the house of God. So he made a point, my house has prayer, and he drove all of them uh, outside. When Moses descended from the mountain, 
and he found the people actually worshiping the golden calf and said to the golden calf, this is your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He was very angry and he took this uh, two uh, tablet of stone that has the Ten Commandments and, and broke them. But in his anger, he did not curse anybody. He did not, and they did not sin. So holy anger is not directed at people, but holy anger is directed at sin. That's why some fathers interpret this verse, be angry and don't sin. Direct your anger toward the sin so that you will not sin. So I am angry at the sin of lying. I'm angry at the sin. So because I'm angry at the sin, I will not lie. But this doesn't mean I will be angry at my brother and uh, will not sin. Most of us, when we get angry, we hurt each other, we curse, we, we lose our temper, etc. That's the meaning of the verse. The approach of when something right needs to be said, it needs to be said. And there is emotion attached to it. This emotion could be bad. Learn how to encapsulate the emotion aside and state the fact. And don't let the emotion eat you. Yes. I, I believe in this because, for example, when the Lord told us, love your enemy, sometimes I, I have some negative emotion toward my enemy. But I will decide to do good. I will decide to pray. I decide to bless as the Good Samaritan did to the Jewish man. So, if my enemy is hungry, I will give him food. I will do what's right, even if I have this negative emotion. If my enemy is thirsty, I will give him drink. Then what will happen? When God see me faithful in doing what's right, then this will be processed from the mind that made decision to do good and to pray and to bless to the heart. So eventually, my emotions will change. My emotions will be love toward the other person. So even if I start with the negative emotion, it will end up with good emotion. There is um, a movie, I'm not encouraged to watch movies. <laughs> there is a movie called Fireproof. Maybe some of you saw it, watch it. It's about a conflict between a husband and... It's a Christian movie, by the way. I'm not doing marketing, by the way. But, but it's about a conflict between a husband and a wife. Uh, and both of them were very, very angry against each other. So the father said to his son, the husband, do good to her for 40 days. Every day think about a creative idea to do good to her. He started doing good, but after 10 days, actually, he was so frustrated, he cannot continue. So he went to his father, I'm not going to continue this. I do, you, you, yani, you finished 10 days, just continue the rest of the 40 days. So what happened? And by continuing doing good to her, 
and God saw the faithfulness of doing good, then it changed from here to here. Then actually, he started to love her and to fight to win her back. Uh, when actually she discovered that he was doing this to her, uh, there is a book called Love Dear, and she discovered that he reading from this book and doing the 40 days. So she asked him, which day are you in now? You know, and the answer was, I think, 46 or 47. He did not stop at the 40 days. Now he loved her, so he continued. It's a movie, but it's real in our life. When actually we decide to do good to somebody, uh, hates us and angry at us, we will win him. Bob Shenouda, when he decided to do good to one of the sheikhs who used to attack us all the time, he, he was able to win him at the end. So that's the word of God. That is the teaching of, of Christ. And the heaven and, and, and earth will pass away, but one dot from the teaching of Christ will not pass away. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're saying an opinion to the person you love dearly, and you want the, the best for that person, and you know what you're saying is going to create bad emotions, I was told in a training with me, like, do what you think is right, and the bad emotion that you feel that the loved one is feeling, encapsulate that and put it aside. And yes. go live that, and, oh my God, I hurt the person I love. The Lord said, if you go to a city and they did not receive you, leave them. Although he, he, he loved yeah. Not leave them young in physical. Don't volunteer opinion that may cause negative emotion. And if the person is willing to listen, I will say, if he doesn't willing to listen, then what is the purpose of saying? If I'm going to give you advice and you are not willing to take it, then it is purposeless to tell you this advice. So you said one time, uh, I want to but right now you said the one is crying on and on, maybe you get him a thing. So is it like spiritual stages depend on my spiritual status or I can do both? I don't know. There is difference between I'm exposing myself to the hurt and abuse, or this person is in need and I'm offering my help. You know? Reconciliation means we get the relationship back. So, we deal with each other whether he is in need or not in need. And dealing with abusive person, I'm exposing myself to abuse, you know. But when the person is in need, when your enemy is hungry, give him food, you know. So, that is when we do good. When the other person is in need, it's time to do good to this person. But when I said, don't expose yourself, I was speaking about a relationship every day. Is the difference between this clear? How about if you can't put boundaries? If this person is in family, remember, you can't put boundaries between you and me.
you can set boundaries even in, 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 if, he, if he's a family member. You can set boundaries. You can say, this will not be accepted, or when he starts abusing me, I can leave the house. And every situation is different. But even with family members, there is a way uh, to be assertive, not aggressive. Assertive is setting healthy boundaries with the abuse without being aggressive. So it needs a lot of training and it needs a support system uh, to be able to set a boundary with abusive person. Because some people who are abusive, when you start to set boundary, they will try to abuse you more. So here, without support system, you will not be able to do it. But every situation is different. That's why if a person I cannot avoid, I need to learn how to be assertive. And at the same time, I need to have a strong support system to help me to continue to be assertive in front of all the attacks that I will receive. And maybe at a certain point, uh, maybe I need physically to, to, to leave myself from the situation. Uh, but again, I should not be the, the survivor and the judge. But the judge should be somebody else. Yeah, and I cannot, because if I am both the survivor and judge, I will judge, uh, my judgment will be biased. But the judge should be godly, fair person. That's why the Lord said, first take two or three persons. If he doesn't listen to them, go to the church. Uh, my question is, as servants, how we, we address this with the youth? Because there are two approaches. Uh, some, some servants tell the youth, uh, you have the right to be angry, but so and so, and present all the good stuff. And some other approach say, I understand why you are angry, but uh, my personal opinion, the only thing I can say is that I understand your anger, but I don't see you, you have the right, no one has the right to be angry. It depends on why I'm angry. If I am angry for the glory of God, like Moses or like the Lord Jesus Christ when he entered the temple, if I'm angry for the glory of God and I'm very, very honest with myself that my anger is pure for the glory of God, then I have to, to be angry. But if my anger is for other reasons, then I will take the approach, I understand your anger, but you need to deal with it in a Christian way. Okay. Glory be to God forever and ever.